starting our series on world religions, and tonight is going to be on Mormonism. And let me say this, before I get started, you need to understand something, is that I love, I love everybody. I love everybody. And what I'm about to say does not mean that I do not love you, does not mean our church does not love you, does not mean Christians don't love you. If you are here tonight and you are a, uh, you're a Mormon, and that's, I, I'm so glad you're here. I am so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're watching on the podcast. I'm so glad you're watching right now live on Periscope. I, I'm so glad that you are here tonight or you're somewhere else watching this right now. Please understand, the goal of this series of world religions, we will be talking about Mormonism, we will be talking about atheism, we will be talking about Islam. The goal of this study is not to put down other religions, but to show you Christians and to show Christians that we have a God that loves us so much and to teach you something else about your religion as a Christian. You need to understand that. If not, if not, then here's what we become. As 1 Corinthians 13, 1 says, it says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am a resounding gong or a clinging cymbal. That means this. That if I tell you about another world religion, and it is not in love, all you hear is this. That's exactly what he is saying right here. When we treat other religions and other people who don't believe what we believe, and we talk about them not in love, then all we are is something that does not make sense and is loud and annoying. And I want you to understand tonight that that is not my goal. And you're looking at somebody who has made fun of other world religions before. And I'm telling you right now, I hate it so bad that I have ever done that. From studying, from studying all these different religions, but mainly right now, Mormons and Jehovah's Witness, I want to apologize publicly to you for making fun of, cracking jokes about your religion. Because all that was is this right here. And I don't want to be that. And I'm sorry that I have been. And so I hope that we all can follow that tonight. So I will not say anything that is going to be made fun, making fun of. If I do, then I am sorry and I will apologize publicly. But that is not my goal tonight. My goal is to teach on this religion next week, to teach on that religion next week, to teach on that belief. That's it. And to show you more about Christianity. 1 John 4, 1 says this, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And here's what that's saying. And right now, you may be thinking, why do I need to learn about Mormonism? Here's why. Because they know more about your religion, Christianity, if you are a Christian, than you do. And I want you to learn what they believe. And tonight, I don't have time to tell you everything. I don't, we don't have time. 
It's it just not going to happen. So I picked what I feel is right now for your culture, for teenagers, the most important things for you to understand. And if I were you, I would take notes. I would write this down. I would get off your phone from whatever junk you're looking at right now, and I would seriously write this down. And here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to take the notes that, that you will take today and take it back to your Mormon friends and be like, I just wanted you to know that what I learned, because all you are is a clinging symbol. The goal of tonight is not that you can go and combat other Mormons. If that is what you are here tonight, if, if that's what you take away from tonight, then you didn't get it. If that's what you take away next week to atheism, then you didn't get it. If that's what you take to Islam, then you didn't get it. That's not the goal, is that you can go and be like, oh, you're wrong. It's not the goal. It's not the goal. So please do not do that. And I wanted to say that up front so that when you do that, I can say you were stupid because I told you not to do that. And I haven't spoke since May, and I'm really excited to be here right now. So if you're visiting, welcome. My name is Michael. Here we go. 1 John 4, 1, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. If we don't test what other people are saying and what other people are believing to Jesus, then we can't say anything about it. That's exactly what he's saying right here. We need to test these things. We need to look at these things. We need to study these things instead of judging these things. And so tonight we are testing these things. In 1829, the Book of Mormon was published. Right here, the Book of Mormon. This is the literal Book of Mormon. I can't believe that you have the Book of Mormon. Well, I have also uh, Jehovah's Witness Bible. I have uh, the Koran. I have uh, the Book of Satan. I have almost every other religion book. I have them all. Why? Because I enjoy to learn about them. This is the Book of Mormon. This was published. This. In 1829. 1829. Joseph Smith was the start of the entire Mormon religion. His name was Joseph Smith. And he started putting this together, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, by the use of him going and finding some golden tablets. He went and found some golden tablets. He then had this translated by getting those golden tablets. Now, what's interesting is that Joseph got put in prison... Because Joseph decided to burn down a printing press. He wanted to burn down this printing press in 1829. And he was a teenager, by the way. He wanted to burn it down because they were publishing things saying that polygamy, polygamy is uh, where you can marry many, many people. Where you can have one husband and many wives. So they, they were publishing things about him, about Mormons, and about polygamy and how it was wrong and how it wasn't right. And how Mormons are all these different things. So what did, what did Joseph do? He went and burned the printing press down. Put him in prison. Then the prison was raided. He tried to break out and he got killed. Thus giving this religion a martyr. A martyr is somebody who dies for something they believe in. A martyr is something, somebody who dies for something they believe in. They are willing to do whatever it takes and if they die for that, they are called a martyr. Then after that, after he passed away, a guy named Brigham Young, Brigham Young, then took the religion and he moved it to Utah. 
And right now, Utah would be the hub of Mormonism or Latter-day Saints, whatever you want to call it. We're going to call it Mormonism, not Latter-day Saints. It's Mormonism. And I also want to say this up front. There, are, there will be people that will watch this, that are watching this right now live, and that will hear this podcast, will say, well, that's not true, that's not true, that's not true, that's not true. All of my information, every single bit of my information is not from me, is not from the college I went to, is not from a class I took, is not from a buddy I went and had Starbucks with. This is all from where you can go on to the Mormon website and you can read all of their beliefs and everything about them. I did not make any of this up. This is 100% from them. So if it's wrong, I apologize. But I'm getting my information from what is being published by the Mormon religion. So what do they believe in? Brigham Young moved everything to Utah. So let's talk about the beliefs. And right now there's a college in Utah called BYU. BYU, Brigham Young University. From this guy who took over the Mormon religion. So their beliefs, and this is where we're going to test it. This is where we're going to look at it and say, well, how does this work with what we believe in the Bible? Their beliefs, they have four holy books. Four, four holy books. A lot of them think it's just the Book of Mormon. Now, that's not true. They have the Book of Mormon. They also will say that the Bible, the Bible is one of their holy books. Here's the deal, though. If you say that the Bible is one of their holy books, the only way that, it, that, that they would say it's one of their holy books is because is, is if it's translated correctly to them. You cannot take your Bible and say this is what you believe because they would say, no, that's translated wrong. So, so the Book of Mormon, the Bible, if translated correctly according to them, a book called the Doctrine of Covenants and then another one called the Pearl of Great Price. Four holy books, four. So what's their belief in Jesus? Here's their belief in Jesus. And if you ever talk to them, they will tell you, yes, we believe in Jesus. We believe in Jesus, which is true. They do believe in Jesus. Let me tell you briefly about their belief in Jesus. Their belief in Jesus, number one, is that they do believe he was a son of, keyword, son of a God. Son of a God. That God's name was Elohim. Elohim means this. It means that he is the father of the Messiah. Elohim is not God, is not Jesus, is not the Holy Spirit. They say that Elohim, this, this God, is the father of the Messiah, and the, which the Messiah means Jesus. And Jesus had a brother named Lucifer, otherwise known as Satan. So Elohim was the father of these two and many other brothers. They say that about Jesus, Lucifer wanted to take over and wanted the people to follow him in fear. That was, that's what the Elohim son Lucifer said, I want to take over and I want people to follow me in fear. And you can read all about it right here, about, about this. And then Jesus was not wanting to do that, so apparently there was a, there was a court hearing, this is their belief in Jesus, there was a court hearing and Jesus won. So because Jesus won, Jesus got to come to earth. This is their belief in Jesus. And Jesus was chosen to come to earth to save us. 
that's their belief in Jesus, a central key belief in this religion is that men becoming God. A goal, if you will, would be that men becoming God or a God. Now let me explain that to you. If you get exalted in Godhood, and here's how you get exalted in Godhood according to the Book of Mormon and their other books. is because you get exalted into Godhood. Godhood means this, is that the, the better that you are on earth, the better that you are on earth, then when you die, now hang with me, when you die as a, as a man in this religion, when you die... You then, you then get to have your own planet. And there are different planets. There's three different planets that they believe. And on these planets, what this God, what you as a man get to do is get to have polygamous relationships. You get to um, reproduce a whole, whole lot. You get to have as many women as you want. That is their belief is that you as a man will become a god of your own planet and that everybody will have an opportunity to go to a certain level of planet. Again, there is so much more that I cannot get into tonight. I could literally talk for three or four hours on this. And I would love to, but you have school tomorrow. They believe that when you die, you will have an opportunity that you will go in front of somebody. They would say Elohim, Jesus, and you will then be judged on how how good you were on earth, and then you will be placed in that planet, both men and women. So, so far we've looked at their holy books, their belief in Jesus, becoming God as a man. And then let's look at the authority and the accuracy of Scripture. When I say that, here's all I'm saying is how true and how accurate is the Book of Mormon. Again, I don't want to be a clinging symbol when I say these things. So the authority and the accuracy of their scripture is this. Number one, their scripture was put together by golden tablets. By golden tablets. Right now, this is a, this is a fairly new religion. It's a, it is fairly in 1800s. Most things, most artifacts from the 1800s we can find, and we've seen and we have in museums. Almost everything from the 1800s, we have, I mean, I don't know what everything is, but we have a lot of stuff from the 1800s. But we don't have, and we've never had, the golden tablets. We've no, no one can find them. And there's a whole long, amazing story about this, about Brigham Young's wife actually taking these golden tablets. It is a fan, phenomenal story. So I say that, some would say, no, that's not true. There were 11 witnesses, 11 witnesses that saw these golden tablets because what they would do is they would take these golden tablets and what would happen, well, I'll wait. There was 11 people who saw these golden tablets. The problem with these witnesses is this, is that these witnesses will tell you and we can actually read what they wrote. These witnesses, that's why this wasn't way, 1800 sounds like forever ago, but people actually could write 
and they actually wrote stuff down. And there's actually documentation from these 11 witnesses to this. They actually never witnessed the golden tablets. They've never actually saw them. They were in a box. Or they will say, no, I saw it through my spirit. I never really saw it, but I saw it through my spirit, or I saw the box that they were in. Well, these artifacts, we've never seen the golden tablets. And here's how Joseph would translate the Bible, the Book of Mormon. Is he would take a big black hat, and he had a thing called a seeing stone, where the stone would actually be on the bottom of the hat, and he would look into the hat, and he would say, glorious. Somebody over here would write the word glorious down. He would go back into the hat. The word was gone in the hat from the seeing stone. He would come up with another word, and that's how it was translated, by looking into a hat and coming up and telling this person how it was to be translated. Let me read to you from the Book of Mormon. Mormon chapter 9 verse 32 says this. We have written this record according to our knowledge in the characters which are called among us. The reformed Egyptian. That is a, that's key right there. Reformed Egyptian being handed down and altered by us. Ref, this, is, this is in here. Reformed Egyptian being handed down and altered by us according to our manner of speech. So here's the problem with this verse. Here's the problem with this. Again, we're looking at the accuracy of their scripture. The problem is this. There is no such thing as Reformed Egyptian. This isn't Michael saying that. Okay, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I didn't come up with that. But the truth is, they have taken this, uh, actually, <laughs> Brigham Young took this to a professor at, uh, let's see, the University of... Columbia, the University of Columbia, he, he took these, these thoughts, these words, these things, and he said, here is, here is our reformed Egyptian, and he said, this is not reformed Egyptian, this is actually a fraud, and you are a fraud, and then Brigham Young, and it is written down that Brigham Young and his wife both say, yeah, we, we, we agree, this, this just isn't right, and it doesn't make sense. He actually confirmed that, and there is written evidence of him saying that. So here's the deal. We don't have a physical copy of any of the translations anywhere. We don't have a physical copy of it anywhere. There's not one. We do of the Bible. The Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon has been redone 4,000 times. 4,000 times. 4,000 times the Book of Mormon has been redone. I am not being a clanging symbol. I'm telling you the truth. The Book of Mormon has been redone 4,000 times. The Bible has been redone never. The Book of Mormon speaks of North American wars, and there is no evidence of these wars. This book has wars that happened here in America, and there is no evidence of these wars anywhere. It mentions technology that they were using. It mentions technology that they used at these wars that by the time that they wrote that these wars happened, they didn't have that technology then. There's no proof of using these certain spears and knives and swords and stuff. They just didn't have it then. Mentioned, and again, I'm not being this, mentioned that people lived on the sun. Mentions that people lived on the sun. To, to seriously believe this, here is, what I, here is what I would say to you, to my Mormon friends, is I would say, man, it takes a lot of faith to believe that. 
it takes a whole lot of faith to believe this. And I, I, I can go on and on, and I'm not comparing our Bible to your Book of Mormon. I, I, I am just saying this, is that the Bible has been proven. The Bible has been proven over and over again through prophecy, through artifacts, through Jesus, actually the places that he went, you can go there right now. He literally went to places that you can go to. In here, there's places, there's a place, there's a monument in Missouri that they speak of in this book, and it's never been there. It's not there. And then I will say this one last few things is some of their original claims in Mormonism, and one of them is polygamy. One of their things that they taught is polygamy is okay. Polygamy, remember, is marrying many, many wives. Is they, they, they would teach that it's okay, that that is okay. Joseph Smith taught it, and he practiced it, and he had many wives, and some were teenagers. There's actually a written article about one of those ladies. Her name was Helen, and you can go and actually read about that relationship that she had with him. And Brigham Young would say that the only way to have a planet, the only way, he, he said this in a sermon, is that the only way that you will ever get to this top planet or the middle planet or this lower planet is that you need to have polygamous marriages on earth. So that's the only way. So you need to practice on earth because the more you practice on earth, then the higher you're going to get in your planet. He actually said that. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm showing you that the original claims, and I, I could talk about a lot of different things that have original claims that they've claimed, one of those being race or color. I could go into that, and I'm not going to. But that has changed now. Polygamous marriages has changed because in 1890, the government came to them and said, hey, you can't do this anymore. You can't teach this anymore. The next day, after the government came and said that, the next day, the president at the time, they have a president over the religion. The president at that time said, hey, I just had a vision last night, and we no longer will support polygamous marriages. Our beliefs have never changed as Christians. Our beliefs have never changed. When David in the Bible made mistakes with other women, there was consequences. When we do that now, there are consequences. These things don't change because of the culture. The culture, the word latter day, the word latter day is such, is, is, is very significant. Because they can actually, because of this, and there's been other things that they've changed because of the culture and because of things. The word latter day gives them the freedom to change whatever they want of their past that was okay to change it to now. That, it, that it's not okay. Christianity has remained the same from the beginning. It's never changed. It's never changed. As a Christian, it has never, ever changed. So I'll end with this. How do I think that Mormons get Christianity wrong? And before I say this, but before I say this, Mormons, a good percentage of Mormons, let me tell you what they think about Christians, is they think we are arrogant, 
Like right now, I'm telling you right now, there are people that are watching this or that will come and talk to me that will, that will, may have already left when they were here and maybe you're still here and that is so awesome. I am not trying to be arrogant and I apologize for my Christian friends who were arrogant and who have been rude to you and did make fun of you because you go door to door and maybe because you ride a bike or maybe because you have a backpack when you do all those things. And I want to apologize to you as a Christian leader, I want to apologize to you. And I'm sorry because you are some of the nicest people that I have ever been around. Mormons are some of the nicest people that I have ever been around. And I apologize for Christians not showing Christ's love to you. And it really makes me sad. It breaks my heart that, uh, that, that these people are saying that all they hear from us is this right here. So how do I think, this is my thought, this is me now, this is Michael. How do I think that Mormons get Christianity wrong? Here's what I think. Here's why I think Mormons get Christianity wrong. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. This is massive. And I am not telling you this verse to go and combat Mormonism. I'm telling you this verse to fall in love with Jesus. This is why I'm telling you this verse. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says this. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God. Verse 9. Massive. Massive. Not by works so that no one can boast. I mean, that is so incredible as a Christian. I mean... Thank you. I mean, I'm going to read it again. It's by grace you have been saved. We have been saved because of Christ's grace toward us. Through faith. Through us believing in something we cannot see. We've been saved by that grace. Through faith. Believing in something we cannot say. We, we cannot see. And this is not from yourself. We didn't come up with this is what it says right there. It is the gift of God. It is a gift. This eternal life that I have as a Christian, who when I die, I will then see Christ and I will be with him who is alive because I've accepted him into my life and I am alive, just like so many of you here. And we didn't do it by works at all. He did it for us. And so I want to read to you what they say in 2 Nephi, which is a chapter in there book, 2 Nephi 25, 23. Check this out. Hang with me, please. Hang with me. It says this, 2 Nephi 25, 23, out of the Book of Mormon, out of this book right here, for we labor diligently to write, to persuade our children and also our brethren to believe in Christ. Yes. Like, like yes. Like, that's good. And to be reconciled to God. Yes. That's awesome. For we know that it is by grace that we are saved. Did you hear that? It's right here. For it is by grace that they have been saved. Comma. After all that we do. And that breaks my heart after all that we do and 
Mormons will tell you right now, yes, you need Jesus. Yes, yes, you do. Plus all these other things. You need Jesus plus to do this, plus to do this, plus to do this, plus to drink this, plus to don't drink this, plus to eat this, plus to don't eat this, plus to go on this trip, plus, and I could go on and on about the pluses and the minuses and the things and all this stuff. And here's what I want to tell my Mormon friends right now. I hope that you hear this more than anything else, is I want you to know right now that there is a God, and his name is Jesus, and he died on a cross for you. So that you can have an opportunity because he rose again three days later. He rose again from that grave, making him alive, making him the only risen God, making him the only God that has ever done that before. He is alive. And so because he died and rose again, when you say yes to Jesus, you are saying yes to Jesus, and that's it. There's nothing else you need to do. You are saying yes to Jesus. And that's it. That's the gospel. That's it. My prayer is that one person, one person from this religion will tonight, somewhere, some way, maybe not here, maybe in the room, maybe somewhere else, maybe they'll hear it 20 years from now on a podcast, and that'd be outstanding, is that tonight you will, you will say, hey, I, I agree. I agree. And maybe tonight you're in this room, people here, and you've realized that you have made this Christian thing out to be something that it's really not. That maybe you even thought that Christianity was Jesus plus all these other things. And Jesus, well, I have to be this. Well, I have to go to church. Well, I have to hold a Bible. Well, I have to pray 27 times a day. Well, I have to do this. Well, if, I'm not, if I don't do this, then I'm not going to go to heaven. If I don't do this. And let me just tell you, Christians, nowhere does it say that in the Bible. Nowhere does Jesus say, read your Bible five times a day. Nowhere does it say that. Nowhere. It just says, accept Christ into your life. And when you accept Jesus, your life will be changed. And then you start learning about him and growing in him and your life starts to change. Because you will want to, because of this life change, you will want to start reading your Bible. You will want to start worshiping him everywhere you go. You will want to start to go to church. You will want to tell more people about him. You can't help it. It happens. And I'm looking at a lot of people that I've seen it happen to. And tonight, I want to give you the opportunity, you tonight, who do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to give you the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ and nothing else. So no one looking around.